For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Going on, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to another edition of Jay Bird Watching. We are part of the StadiumScene.tv network, and I am your host this evening. My name is Adam Corsair, as you all know, and joining me are my usual co-hosts, Mr. Craig Borden and Mr. Brendan Penicar. How are we this mo- this evening, guys? Doing well. Doing well. Awesome. Having a great, great time, as always, trying to ignore the last like week of my life, right? Or at least Blue Jay <laughs> fandom. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the best way to put it. Ignore the Blue Jays fandom part of it. <laughs> did uh, did King Josh Allen throw out the first pitch yet? I think he did. There you go. There you go. Probably launched it into the into the highway. Oh, pulled him. a Trevor Bauer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we are recording this on Thursday evening, a brief step aside from our normal Wednesday get togethers. But yesterday was my daughter's third birthday. So happy birthday, my little bear. That being said, as of this recording, thank you. I will I'll pass on that message to her. (laughs) Jays are wrapping up their three game series as we speak against the Yankees in record of third three. Now, before we get into the bullpen woes, which is the topic of conversation amongst Jays fans on the Twitter sphere, I want to start off with the game here and echo something that Ben Nicholson Smith of Sportsnet tweeted today. All right. So let's just, it's a little mathematics here. Uh, in order for the Jays to finish with 88 wins, they must play 573 baseball for the remainder of the season. That's a 93 win pace. In order for the Jays to finish with 90 wins, they must play 594 baseball for the remainder of the season. That's a 96-win pace. And in order for the Jays to finish with 95 wins, they must play 646 baseball for the remainder of the season. That is a 105-win pace. So of those three options, Craig, which is the most likely? Right now? We'll be lucky to right get now. to 80. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I just don't. I don't know. I I don't know how you can piece it anything together. Something drastic has to change for anything on the that to be anything different. And I'm sorry to say that eventually when we get to the George Springer talk this evening, as much as he might be helping this offense, is he helping to the point where literally we are just bailing in the right direction anyway? <laughs> the, the boat's kind of flooding, right? <laughs> can he pitch? Can he yeah, pitch? <laughs> We might be able to get Mike McCoy back. Just saying. Hey. <laughs> if he can get out. Brennan, what say you? Uh, yeah, I'm with I'm with Craig on that one. You know what? To get anywhere close to 90 wins, they basically have to do what they did in the second half of 2015, which was like the best, most almost perfect stretch of baseball that you can imaginably have. Remember, the Blue Jays were eight and a half games or eight games back at the deadline in 2015 but they only had one team to to leap over now they're eight and a half back needing to pass three teams to get first and now they're i what three four maybe even five teams back at the last wild card spot so i'm not i'm usually not concerned about games back because you can make that up in a matter of a couple win streaks in a row but it's the teams that you got to leap over it just makes it that much tougher it's gonna be tough uh, unless they figure out this bullpen. Yeah, I think uh, I'm right there with Craig. That 85-win pace um, seems a little more likely. Yeah, you figure Tampa Bay is probably going to walk away. No, I wouldn't say walk away. They'll probably edge out for the division. Um, it, it's close so far, and if things stay the same, I still give the edge to Tampa Bay. You figure Chicago will win the Central pretty easily, I would say. 
Um, you could pick between Oakland and Houston who's going to win the West. Personally, I would like it to be Oakland. I just I love their success and failures every year. Um, <laughs> battling against the Red Sox, the Astros, the Indians, uh, the Yankees for a wild card spot. So there's five total teams, including the Jays. It's going to be rough. I don't think of that group. I'm not sure that the Jays are better than Houston. I think they're better than every other team. Yeah. But when it comes to their bullpen, uh, they will cost them some games. So that being said, let's get right into the meat of it. Um, let, let me toss this out there. All right. So we just had a wraparound series against the Red Sox Friday to Monday. Since the Boston series began on Friday, the Jays have lost four games. Now, remember, we're recording this during the Yankees game on Thursday. Uh, each of those four games were lost by one run. Six to five on Friday versus Boston. Two to one on Monday versus Boston. Six to five York, and last night, three to two versus New York. Couple of that with the injuries now to Rafael Dolis, who was placed on the 10-day IL with a middle finger strain, leaving his entire right hand to be numb. Carl Edwards Jr. Uh, with a left oblique strain. This bullpen is running extremely thin. From Yates to Phelps to Malone to Merriweather, Cole to Barucki, these injuries are out of control. So, what's to be done? The offense simply can't be up 7-8-9-W, and quite frankly, that's unreasonable to ask of them. So, Brennan, we'll start with you. What's the course of action? Who's to blame, if anyone? And how do the Jays mitigate these injuries? And how do they make these games that are winnable? How do they secure those? Scoring 10 runs a game <laughs> and being up on being up in their opponents by like at least five runs when uh, the starter leaves the game. But even then, even five runs uh, seems a little unsafe with this bullpen right now. So a couple of weeks ago, when we were fresh off that Rays series uh, in the late stages of May, and they got swept in the bullpen, had some hiccups and and coughed up some games in that Cleveland series as well, we were laying blame at the feet of Charlie Montoyo, and I think that was pretty well deserved um, for some of those games at least, uh, because you know he, he went to his guys that were doing really well at Wood and and Dolis and other ones, but since then as the injuries have just continued to pile up, I don't know how anybody can blame it on Charlie anymore. Like he just, just doesn't have any options when you go through and you look at everybody's on the injured list right now, I think half, maybe even over half of their opening day bullpen is on the injured list. And it's probably their fourth or their four best relievers. I'm not counting Kirby Yates cause he never even created. So there's four arms out of the eight that broke camp with this team. And then couple that with weight claims and calling people up from the minors and, doing other stuff like that. I just don't know where he has to turn right now because probably Romano's the only reliever you can trust, and even he tonight proved that he can be hittable and give up some runs. But beyond that, Chatwood's turned back into a pumpkin on 40 over the last little while. Um, it's thin. I, I actually have zero idea what you can do at this point. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's basically the equivalent to 2012 when those three starters in the rotation left on consecutive starts. It's it's ridiculous. Craig? George Springer's bat is not going to carry us to the promised land on getting another four runs a game <laughs> to be no. able to make up for it. So unless something – to me, I'm at the the empty the cupboards in the minor league level. I don't care if you're a starting pitcher, whatever. If you have some level of gas or control or can get guys out for three people in a row, basically, is what I'm looking here, that's the window. It's this big, right? <laughs> we just got to get them mm -hmm. up here and throwing. And I'm literally at that point because right now, this is the season in the next couple weeks. You yep. have to get over this hurdle where you can get to some of those guys that will – come back from uh injury you know the rumor was that some of these guys were actually starting to get in that ballpark um, at least julian merriweather was the one i believe they were talking about during the broadcast the other day we got patrick murphy back who actually was pretty good in the four or five innings he got last year it looked pretty sharp last night um somebody i always been very high on but maybe he is at that point of his career where he's not a starting pitcher especially with the blue jays depth anymore that he is that bullpen guy that can just come in and throw gas for an inning but the fact they said during the broadcast, guys, the other day, yesterday, that the Blue Jays went from having one of the best bullpens in baseball to now probably one of the worst. And this yep. is literally almost an overnight situation. I was trying to dig up the rankings and stuff right before we were talking here. But the one thing that stuck out to me is they said that over the last, you know, this the quote-unquote season ranks, the Blue Jays have lost more one-run games in the last three innings than, than everybody in baseball except for one team. That mm. other team is the Texas Rangers. Yeah. We are not in the same league as the Texas Rangers, but apparently 
as far as screwing up ball games at the end, they said we've lost 16 games in the seventh inning or later. And a lot of that is pretty damn recent. Yeah. <laughs> so if there's got to be something that I don't care what it is. It's literally throw start rolling dice and hoping you get something out of it at this point. And honestly, watching Nate Pearson start the other night in Buffalo, I'm kind of worried, thinking that, hey, you know what? If he can get me two innings out of the bullpen right now when I'm completely fucked, <laughs> I need to do it. Yeah. yeah. I, sorry, Adam. Uh, no, Greg, the only thing I was going to add on to what you said there is, yeah, the next few weeks of their season between now and the All-Star break, they have 12 games against the Orioles, Marlins, and the Mariners. And going in that stretch, if they want to get back into the race, pass a few teams and close that gap in the in the Walker race, you probably need to at least go 9-3 and three at minimum. At this point, I'm not confident they can do that. However, that being said, the pitching staffs that they're going to be facing are not very good. So if there is a chance to overcome it and play good baseball over the next little while, it's these opponents that's coming up before the Rays series right before the All-Star break. So that's their chance. That's their window. Um, so you, you made a lot of good points. Craig, to piggyback on that, um, being uh, the, one of the two worst teams in baseball in terms of uh, I think you you said the Rangers the were Rangers the ones that the only lost. team worse than us after the seventh. Wow. Okay, right now. Um, I don't know. Okay. I, they made it sound like that was the window of the whole season. For all I know, that was really like the last month and a half or something like that. But here's the catch: they said 16 of those games we were yeah, crushing so it up be front, so it's got to be the whole season. <laughs> and on, on top of that, the um, in games that the Jays were leading in the seventh. They've lost six of those, uh, seventh or later. So I mean, that's those are six winnable games right here. And you you figure they're thirty three and thirty three right now. Imagine if they were twenty seven. You yeah. know, the, these are these are if they're winnable games. And I, I'm I'm not saying that the bullpen is entirely to blame for the reason why those specific six games were lost. But right now, if they were thir- uh, thirty nine and twenty seven, they'd be right behind the Red Sox. And I'm uh, maybe some of those games included the Red Sox. I'm sure they did. Two of them we know happened this weekend. So uh, it it could have been an arms at this point. Right? Yeah. What bothers me about this past weekend is particular, and it's not just because it's the Red Sox. That should have been a sweep. Yeah. That that job. series should have been a sweep. And you know, bullpen mismanagement or just lack of um, production from the bullpen in that series in particular was maddening. And uh, Brendan, I think you touched on it earlier. We talked about Montoyo and whether or not we can lay blame here. Look, we've talked about Montoyo ad nauseum since last year about him being a bridge manager. Um, I have not seen him this pissed, not visibly pissed since that one time last year. That one time where he lost his cool in a Zoom meeting. But otherwise, you can tell he's fed up. And you know, I had a, an exchange with someone on Twitter about this. What are you going to do? No, like, how can you lay, lay blame to Montoyo about the way? Are we legitimate question here? And this is not me trying to be a smart ass. Are we supposed to have the starters go? Because if you do that, we're fucked come August. Yeah. Well, and I don't, I think I'll even, because you guys know the other piece of this whole thing is it's not just the frustration, frustration for Montoyo. We see <laughs> that he goes, what else can sad. I what else can I do for this team is almost what he's, you know, it's literally like I said, like I said, it kind of almost engraved on his face. Mm. We, that, the other night he hits a home run to tie it with literally two outs. And he had two strikes on him in the ninth inning, ties it up. First thing you do, Delise gives up two hits. And then next thing you know, there's an Alex Verdugo double and they walk it off. It's, like you said, nauseating. It's it's almost like a Bills fan before the last three years. <laughs> you think you're just True. expecting the worst to happen, and while that's happening, now going from you know Montoyo to Vlad to I I haven't seen Boba Shet looking too bad yet. But then yesterday, Ross Stripling blew up to the point where he was literally getting talked about this morning on MLB Central while I'm sitting here drinking my coffee and doing my work, and the fact that he blew up on somebody as veteran and as Joe Panic and somebody actually it's been pretty damn good in Joe Panic mm. too. He apologized for it and everything after the fact and said he's mortified would think was the key word of himself. But the fact that he literally blew up like that, I think just shows that they know they're a better team than this. But they can't figure out what this piece is to make everything come together right now outside of the offense, which by the way right. is still one of the best in major league baseball. 
So that's the other thing that sucks about this whole situation is we are literally crushing people and we still can't hold the lead. You know, and on top of that, it, obviously it's it's easy to call to mind things like 2015. This pitching staff is way worse than what we had in 2015. And it's so much so that people are making comparisons about the 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 record at this point in time. To their credit, I think the I, I tweeted this out too. The Jays were 34 and 32 in 2015 at 60 games in the season. Yeah. Um, no, that doesn't that's not right. 34 like and uh, what's the math? 26. I don't know. Whatever. Um, it, it's enough. it's yeah. Um, for the show. It, it's it's um <laughs> it's not necessarily the same because the pitching staff was a little bit more reliable than what we're seeing right now, and the the division race was a lot closer. Um, than what we're seeing right now. This is being blown open. Um, you know, it, it's easy to lay blame to those that you can see on the television screen, right? It's easy to lay blame on Charlie Montoya or, you know, when you see if you're being rational about it, you see all these pitchers come out and not performing well. It's, I think it's quite easier to lay blame on them. But also, I tweeted this out, and I know I keep saying that, but I'm shifting gears to the the injuries that I've listed when we started this topic at what point, Brennan, you can answer this, at what point is it relevant and acceptable to lay blame on the high performance department? Because, you know, we, we talk about how Blue Jays are ahead of the curve. They're taking the scientific approach when it comes to the biology of things. They're making sure that they're keeping their players that tip-top shape and healthy. Uh, apparently not. And this isn't the first time that this has been a topic of conversation. Josh Donaldson has said that, the performance department with this calf has severely impacted his career. Troy Whiskey said the same thing, but, you know, I don't know how much we can take his word for things. Yeah. But still, like, even then, as even far back as Brett Laurie. Then still, you know. Yeah. But yeah. Brett Laurie said the same thing. And it granted, it was about turf, but he was saying, like, that that organization sort of derailed my career. So, Brendan, is this relevant? Is this something that we should be focusing on? Because, you know, for all the millions of dollars that they put in this high-performance department— there's no no other major league team is experiencing this level of injuries like the Blue Jays. Yeah, definitely worth looking into and seeing why or what or just trying to find the root cause of it. So it's interesting that it seems to only be bullpen arms at this point. I know they've had some injuries elsewhere, Springer being the main one, but that was back in March when he first got hurt and then he re-aggravated it. The offense, for the most part, stayed pretty healthy, but definitely on the pitching side of things, it's worth looking into because a lot of their younger arms in the minors, um, like Pearson and Hatch and and all the, and all those guys had injuries at some point already. So yeah, it's worth looking into. I mean, I hate making. Well, I don't hate making, but making a football comparison <laughs> to this. But like everybody on the 49ers Twitter is saying the same thing because they have had two guys tearing their Achilles already and their ACLs, and this is coming off a year where they lost everybody to injury last year. So something about the teams I fucking cheer for and love way too much that always deal with injuries, huh? <laughs> but to your point, you're looking for the common denominator here. There's got to be something that would be, be maybe a cause or at least shoving these arms in the wrong direction to where they are not going to stay as healthy as they've been. I, I th to your point on the George Springer thing, compared to the injuries for the guys in the bullpen, that was a completely different injury. We've been here seeing a lot of the same kind of things, or at least obviously arm, but I guess you could take that to the point that, you know, they're pitchers, so they're going to hurt their arms more. <laughs> but sample size is everything at this point. It's a whole season, and we've been watching almost everybody in our bullpen get have at least an IL stint at this point. You know, it's kind of pushing me as a data driven person to think there's got to be something going on wrong you know our this isn't the situation where we were talking steve delabar with freaking weighted baseballs of you know right for you know in 2014-15 you know there's something to the equation here that might not be or maybe they aren't doing stuff like that again anymore or maybe that's the difference it's something they're either doing or not doing right and they need to figure out how to get them across the finish line here because the other catch is now too if that is the problem and we bring three other arms into this organization by trade did we just waste our prospects to come well, in here and I get mean, hurt <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a good segue because that's the next thing you know a lot of people are saying jays need to make a trade don't think the 29 other teams in the league are blind to the obvious flaws that the blue jays team has right we've talking about how the pitching the starting pitching has been picking up, you know, to his credit, Stripling has been pretty good. Um, I remember it was not too long ago he had a dud outing 
and we said how many more outings he's going to get and i think we all came to the agreement that he has one and that's it and to your what? point on that we still had tanner roark during that conversation so we had true. one more one more scapegoat yeah that's true. <laughs> at that time we were just like he's got he's got one more and he's proven to be pretty good um the the offense as we've been saying has been decent i mean randall Graychuk is starting to slide Lourdes hasn't been as consistent as I'd like him to be. Uh, Kevin has just come up and hit, I think, three home runs or just two. He's been mashing uh, since he came back. There you go. And that's that's the Kevin I know. Um, <laughs> you know, so it's not an offensive thing. You know, you could talk about bringing up a Nate Pearson. I know they brought up Patrick Murphy. He pitched last night, and sure, but he, it's not the most you know sexiest name to be relying on your bullpen with. Maybe Nate Pearson is the answer to throw in for two, an inning or two, as you mentioned, Craig, but... At this point, if the Jays knock on the doors of other teams, they're gonna try to fleece the Jays. And at that point, are you do you want to continue to lose these games in this fashion, or are you gonna say, all right, we're gonna have to overpay for help because you know this is the window opportunity? The catch on that whole thing is we know this isn't just this. Is, if anything, this is the beginning of the window of opportunity, right? Yeah, we might be that this could be the difference between like us being the 2019 White Sox and being the 2020 White Sox. They're running away with a division right now. Right. So but to the other point on this whole thing is if they do out and go get those couple guys, we have seen some chinks in the armor, especially even in that Red Sox series for them. So they're having just as many issues as just not showing up on an IL list. Their pitching right. has been crumbling on the starting side for the for the Red Sox. The Yankees are hurt pretty much everywhere around the diamond right now to the point where they had some rookie playing the other night that, of course, hit a home run off of us. <laughs> right, so, right. Um, but the Ameri- there's only one team that's completely dominating in the American League East and has not shown any flaws until another conversation we're going to have later about a certain sticky substance <laughs> with yeah. Tyler Glasnow and whatnot. But I... I the Rays are going to continue to be in the race. I really don't see them anything outside of a 90-win team here because they're just going to find a way to win 90, 90 games. They're one of the division. Exactly. Yeah. So the Yankees, unfortunately, I think are in the same conversation as us outside of this series that's going on here because they have been extremely lucky to capitalize on the Blue Jays' misfortunes. We haven't drove as many runs in as we could during these games and missed some opportunities, and then obviously the bullpen issues that we've been talking about. So if you go out and get those couple arms – can we pass the Yankees and get into that ballpark of where the Red Sox are for that wild card is really the question. Like you were talking about at the beginning of the show. Is that the difference right now? Is it because in all reality, I don't know if the starting pitching right now is the major focus to me right now is the the pitching has been good enough to hold us to hold teams to a three or four run game. Not any crazy crooked numbers over the last two, three weeks. Right. Right. And then these bleed outs at the end of games. They need to find somebody almost as good as like a lockdown closer, like we thought we were getting with Cur- with Kirby Gates. Yeah. As much as I'd love to see Jordan Romano continue running out there and being awesome, Jordan Romano at the end of the game, they either need somebody to take his spot as a solid lockdown SEP guy that maybe can pitch four or five, maybe even two innings or something like that, and then get whoever that other ball in the ninth inning if it's not Romano. It's just something going on here to the point where. At least that pushes everybody back down, and then when we get some of these innings back with the uh, guys we're supposed to get, maybe the status quo would be good enough at that point. But that's a big ask, I think, trying to part with anybody's oh, yeah. big yeah. closer or big setup guy right now. And I'm sorry to say the Cardinals aren't even going to be going out there dangling like Andrew Miller or somebody like that. No. That's maybe past no. the hurdle, you know. So I don't not see to change. Not to change the topic of conversation, but the Blue Jays got themselves into a triple play with some horrendous uh, base running. I'm not sure if you guys remember. I saw they had two no, guys no. on, and I'm like, you've got to yep. be kidding me. I just saw the inning was over. <laughs> yeah, so everybody's freaking out on Twitter, deservedly so, after the last couple of days with the bullpen coughing up leads, and uh, now a triple play against them that cost them the chance at scoring two runs off of Michael King, who isn't a very good pitcher. Yeah, uh, yeah just Blue Jays Twitterverse, at least the shit is happening at the beginning of the damn game. Maybe yeah. we'll get it out of the way up front and then we can come hey, back maybe better at the beginning of the game than not but uh yeah so i think we've officially hit the low point of the season so far because there have been a lot of highs and recently it's been a lot more heartbreaking lows but uh yeah it's tough because 
<laughs> there are even people saying after last night, at what point, if you fall further and further behind, do you consider selling an asset or two? Like, I don't want to even suggest it, but like, if they fall out of it even more and they don't have as good of a stretch between now and the trade deadline, at what point do you consider trading Marcus Simeon? Because he's just been so good, you could get a haul for him. And I don't want to go down that road right now, guys, because I actually think they are going to turn it around in the stretch coming up with the Orioles, the Marlins, the Orioles again, and the Mariners. They have to, and they know that. So let's evaluate come the All-Star break and kind of do like a first-half wrap-up show, which I'm sure we'll plan. But yeah, in terms of trading for a lockdown setup or closer or just any other high leverage arm it'll be a lot to get because that's what every team's after these days and i'm not sure they're in a position to truly mortgage the entire farm yet maybe part of it but as craig's point i think you made the best one so far they're at the beginning of their window and yeah things haven't gone their way so far this year especially with the big hundred million dollar man and the closer we thought we were going to get elite level closer we thought we were going to get and all the injuries encouraging to see that they can somehow tread at 500 despite all that but it's also so frustrating to your point win those six last couple of weeks you're right there behind the rays and in a wild card spot right now so yeah i don't know it's uh, i'm glad that none of us are gms because that decision will be tough come trade deadline so on that note though if you weren't able to get that and you were looking for those guys i don't know if you guys have been looking around at what we still have left on the farm for minor league guys but there's a couple guys that are still doing really good at the minor league level and um i had their names in front of me i lost them (laughs) um kirby sneed was one of them he's got like a 1.04 era in buffalo um there's a couple other gentlemen that i uh, haven't had as much fun watching as i would have liked to try watching but there's a couple of guys that are in that like right around one era that might be on that tipping point of maybe they're okay if they're doing that well you give him a shot, see what happens. What's the worst case scenario? You got somebody like Reese McGuire, you wave. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, worst case scenario in my and trying to get the and this back is up. you know straight up answering the question. Worst worst case scenario is maybe other teams are looking at them and they like what they see and they could be utilized as trade bait. Mm-hmm. But if they come to the majors and they you know cough it up because of inexperience or nerves or what have you, they don't look as attractive. Well, to right? that point, and, then, if we're just trying to win ball games, you throw them out there and you don't get anything, we're still in the same shit spot. Right, <laughs> right. No, I, I hear you. I, I don't know what the answer is. I really don't. And I'm at the point now where you got to choose a path if you're at this front office. You have to choose whether you're all in or not because you don't get a guy like George Springer to go in halfway. Right. Um, It's sort of like how the Raptors operated before they traded for Kawhi. It it was if you had a 5% chance of winning the championship, you make an all in move. Right. Okay. So I I know they're two different sports and they don't operate the same. But let's just say if you had a 10, 15% chance of winning a World Series, you go all in. There. I've said this last week. I don't think this is a playoff. I really don't. I don't think as constructed they are a playoff team. And I'm not even sure like a bullpen piece or two are going to make the difference. I really don't. I, I, I don't know long term, you know, the, the status of the starting pitchers. Um, yes, they're pitching well now, but it's so like peaks and valleys occur so often that you might have dug yourself into it. You know, and I don't want to be Wilner about it, but you can't win. Uh, a, a World Series or a playoff race in the beginning of the season, but you can certainly lose it. And maybe the Jays are in that sort of conversation right now. And I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to mitigate these situations. But if you're the front office, you have to pick a pick a side. Because if you're yeah. not going to go all in right now, uh, then you need to seriously evaluate uh, how you manage this roster, right? Uh, how you are, have added players that are on one-year deals or um, are a little bit older, i.e., you know, the, the Simeons, the Ryus, the Yates. Those are all in moves, right? And if you if you're just gonna do that and something happens midway through the season, I'm sorry, you're not managing the team responsibly. You still gotta go all in. And if that means coughing up players like maybe a Pearson, even a Simeon, or Dan Austin Martin, just to get that sort of elite level talent on your team to make a playoff push, then you do it. Are we sure that Austin Martin's going to pan out? Are we sure that Gabriel Moreno is going to pan out? Are we sure that guys like Alejandro Kirk are going to continue to be? I'm not sure. I'd rather get the sure thing. Yeah. 
in that in that essence, though, if I am trading and I'm going for it all in, and I am giving up one of those players this year, it's going to be somebody that is going to be up with Blue control. Jay the next couple years, yes. not just yes with control. It's not like we're, I, I'm not going to throw that brick of prospects at Max Scherzer unless I have okay. some kind yeah. of contingency. You know what I mean? And I don't. I they, like- they were on a hard on about talking about Mad Max getting traded to the freaking Cardinals this morning when I was watching MLB Central. <laughs> so, but oh my god! Yeah. But I found those other couple names that one and one of them here is an old Blue Jay prospect that actually looks like he might have figured it out in the bullpen. John Harris. Well, <laughs> so somebody that literally was just left out on the. Go ahead and grab me. Five, rule five draft stuff. The other gentleman is uh, Connor Overton and uh, Mike ba- Mike ba- Mike Breadbaker. <laughs> Love it. They all have a around name. a 0.1 to a 0.15 batting average against, and they're all sub 1.5 ERA at the Bison's level, which the Bison's haven't had a great season. So to see them standing out in that bullpen, it's not a bad yeah. thing. <laughs> so. So I was kind of intrigued by this Overton guy. He's 0. .73, 24.2 innings. So it's a good Fucking sample a. size. Give him a shot. <laughs> right? Yeah. At this point, give it a shot, man. That's all you Wild can do. Wild card. And not to mention, didn't they bring up that Taylor Sacito kid? Has he pitched yet? I yeah. haven't seen it. Uh, I haven't seen him pitch. I didn't see any of them. No, they brought him up. Yeah. yeah. He has, no. I saw they brought him up, but I'm, I actually – I thought there was something in him when he was still starting for the uh, the Lansing Lugnuts. I saw him live a few times. He's got a live arm. I'm shocked that he hasn't gotten a chance, especially in that one game we did have a blowout. They yeah. Didn't bring him in. Trust me, he'll probably see some Needs work to get because some innings. <laughs> who else is gonna? Um, oh, we're back to right, that comment. Get... <laughs> yeah. Let's get sticky. Um, oh, by now, everyone should nope, be no aware of, <laughs> of MLB's crackdown on foreign substances for pitchers. It's been an issue that has actually been talked about for years. Thank you, Trevor Bauer. But <laughs> only really seems to be picking up steam now. Uh, to put things in perspective, the record for the highest number of no-hitters in a single season is seven. Over the course of just about two and a half months, there have been six already. Um, now, we're not talking about sunscreen or pine tar or rosin. Those things have been around forever, and most hitters don't even have a problem with pitchers using them. We're talking about the substance spider tack, which is used by strongmen in competitions to lift fucking boulders. Okay? To lift boulders, they're using this. I take pitching. you did your research. Oh, I did. Uh, the increase in spin rate is reported, reported to be massive, up to around 300 RPMs. Uh, why is spin rate so important? Well, apparently more spin rate plus velocity equals harder baseballs to hit. Uh, now, why is this a big deal? MLB has now come out and said that they are banning foreign substances and will be conducting random checks on pitchers. As mo- as I understand it, this includes pine tar, rosin, and sunscreen. Um, if one is caught, there's a 10-day suspension that will take place. Um, it'd, buy, it'd be naive of us to think that there aren't some Jays players that are guilty of this. <clears throat> Tyler, Tyler Chatwood. Um, that <laughs> hey, uh, crazy. Brendan, oh, let's start God. with you. Uh, how do you think this will affect the pitching moving forward in general? And do you anticipate any Blue Jays getting nailed for this? Well, I don't want to say like or pour cold water on anything, but Ryu, since this has come out, hasn't been the greatest either. He hasn't been overly sharp. Maybe no. he's used it. I don't want to put that past any pitcher, to be honest, at this point. So, yeah, I, I'm i just thinking of Glasnow's comments from the other night uh, just because he blames the cutting down on the sticky stuff to his injury because he has to pitch differently. Not sure I fully understand that, but at the same time, it maybe it has a little bit of an effect because you got to grip the baseball differently or I don't know what, uh, I don't know what they're it's doing. An egg. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. So, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, it, it, I, I need to see more information come out about this and see what happens, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we get some people caught over the uh, next little while and still trying to get that extra advantage. I mean, you saw last night, somebody tweeted, it, it's like Garrett Cole still feeling his hat in the exact same spot after every single pitch. The, uh, and, Maybe he doesn't have anything there. Maybe he does. You never know. So, yeah, just a weird situation all around. And I'm kind of happy that they tackled this in the middle of the season to stop pitchers from doing it. And you've seen some of the results lately from certain guys. But, yeah, I don't know. Weird situation all around. I can't really articulate my thoughts too well on it. Sure. So 
what I've been seeing the most on this whole thing is, mind you, this has literally been a rule in Major League Baseball since the inception of time. This is not something new. And the Major League Baseball Players Association needs to get their shit together because this is just, it was just pending doom. It was a matter of time. This isn't, was, it wasn't something super secretive like steroids, you know, because you were doing it in the safety of your own home. You're literally doing it in front of everybody in front of how many freaking cameras these days that are on a Major League Baseball game. It's happening right in live action right in front of you. It was only a matter of time before somebody gets called out on this, regardless of the level of they've been, you know, what, vulturing baseballs from live action play and testing them over the last month or whatever. They told the players this was going to happen in spring training. If they didn't listen to them, sorry to say, sh- suck it up, deal with it, okay, move on to the next thing. And maybe it's because I've never thrown the ball that hard. I've never really had that big of a problem gripping a baseball. <laughs> you, know, you hold it <laughs> in the know, fork right? and you throw it. <laughs> maybe you should check your grip or, you know, do some other things. But there's, there's been people doing this from, you know, for years. They showed it in the freaking Bad News Bears. The girls got the freaking Vaseline under the tip of her cap. Um, I, it was, was it Gaylord Perry that used to put – like literally any substance he could find on mm-hmm. his belt or and he carried razor blades and all that kind of stuff around just to nick up the ball enough where he could grip it or get that weird you know air movement around it to be able to watch the ball move a little bit more and it's the same thing it's literally doesn't matter how many years we've been talking about this 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 this, this is just the new sticky stuff like you had said adam and it was it has to happen this is affecting the game. They've been messing with the baseball to the point where they were quote unquote decreasing offense over the last year and then doing this too on top of it. I'm starting to wonder how much of this was already running rampant in the pat fact, and that's why they were fucking with the baseballs in the first place. This is how much it's shattering my whole idea on what's been going on with the you know, the simple round stitch thing that we've been talking about for years. <laughs> you mm. know. It there's something weird to it, and I don't get it and I just I get the physics of it. You can spin it quicker because you got more grip on it. And then, obviously, as the ball's cutting through the air and moving like that, it's going to do some weird things and keep Major League Baseball hitters from hitting it. But to that point, let's get back to the normal game. You know, we're quote-unquote clean on steroids and performance-enhancing drugs. Why the hell are we still doing this shit? If this was going on at the same time the steroid stuff was going on, this rampant, fine, great. That's how the... You know, pitchers were counteracting the other bullshit on the other side of the ball. But now it's more of an even playing field to the point where I think the pitchers just need to get back to doing things the way they be doing. And God forbid we actually see a baseball game. This year the pitcher crap is starting to get on me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And look, like it, the, the thing that separates for the steroids um, and this for me is that you know, let's not be naive and think that pitchers weren't taking steroids. Of course they were. Andy Pettit got busted. Roger Clemens yeah. um, as a Blue Jay. Um, <laughs> but yeah. this is this is just one side of the diamond that is being that has the competitive edge. Right. There's there's not much more a hitter can do to get a competitive edge against someone that has a high spin rate. Maybe there is. And I'm just not aware of it. But to that but, point, how many no-hitters have there been this year? I think we have as many no-hitters six. as there were in 2018 right That's now. Nice. Six. six. <laughs> yeah. The most in the season has been seven, and they're almost there. And we're only two and a half Nolan months Ryan, in. Yeah. Too. Don't worry That's about it. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, look, if it was up to me, um, honestly, and I, I say this you know, partly in jest, um, let them take whatever. If if I'm the and uh, the MLB, I'm saying you want to take steroids, fine. You want to use this foreign substance, fine. Like just just have at it. It's what the NFL does. Let's be honest. So <laughs> so, so hold on, let me get this straight. Adam's all for like literally having like the purge Major League Baseball edition. Yeah, yeah I bet <laughs> sure. you would be way more exciting. Yeah, like, than it is right now. You just know? do whatever um, you want. Get out there and yeah. then get it out of your system. <laughs> just do it. Um, but it's uh, obviously it's not up to me. The the obvious solution I think for this is for the MLB to come up with an approved substance, right? Whether that's a, a common, you're allowed to use a combination of sunscreen and rosin, which they have been using for decades. Yeah. Um. Fine. Uh. Some if if you want to limit the amount of spider tack that you're able to use or whatever, fine. Like there's got to be something. I just fear that the whole like okay we're gonna crack down everyone's gonna stop right now. I do think Glasnow's got a point. 
I think it's like you can't really just do this midseason because now we have to figure out how to do things a little differently. They're admitting to doing it. Right to that point, they did tell them this was coming. They did. You're right. Mm -hmm. You're right. So the fact that they continue to do it for a half of a season is their own fault, in my opinion. But I think the problem is that they're they're eliminating all substances. They're not allowing you to use rosin, which they have been allowing. I didn't realize they were going that far. I thought the rosin bag was still a thing. Yeah, I think the, the the bag is, but like having the sunscreen and putting it on your arm and being able to wipe your it's arm a hot and stuff. Day, just wear it on your face, and then yeah, rub some rosin. And we'll all have like yeah. you know weird fucked up chalk marks on every pitcher yeah. in baseball. <laughs> it, it's it's severely messing. And look, I get it. You're cheating. You know, according to the rules, you're cheating. Fine. Like you, that's the breaks. You're running the risk. But there, there's got to be something. Uh, Manfred's fucked when it comes to this man like you gotta listen at least listen to the the players and saying how can we make this so you know we're not dr-? because the whole thing is i appeal you don't want to have these superstar pitchers drop and now the game people aren't tuning in like this helps the blue jays with the rays being down an all-star starter yeah but you know what if it's ryu next you know what if it's ray and ryu mm-hmm. next then what like uh, then we're just like all right we'll fuck yeah, I'm, to that point though, too. Uh, I, I lost it. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. I, I mean, I, I have nothing more to add when it comes to this. It's just, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I honestly think MLB is mishandling this. I'm not trying to take away from the responsibilities that the players have to, you know, uphold when it comes to doing stuff against the rules. But the, for the player, for the MLB to come out and say, okay, done, everything goes off the table. I, I just think that was mismanagement. To um, that point. They were talking sure. about this earlier. The fact that it's not only is it the quote unquote players against the commissioner and the you know the the off the front office of Major League Baseball to these rules, there is a ton of infighting in the players association. It, it, it's, it's literally a perfect screw you storm for this whole collective bargaining thing that's coming up in the next year. You know, this could be sure. more gasoline on a fire that we already were seeing going sideways. And it's not going to be good, but the, the the fact that the players' association I think is so equally split on the fact, which I'm so, not shocked by, really. Offense versus defense is actually you know evenly split in the players' association. Yeah. <laughs> so I, it's going to come with them figuring out what they want to do as players first, and then it'll eventually go back to the point where I think this will all level out. But there's going to be a weird trifecta of fighting, I think, right there between pitchers, offense in the players association in the commissioner's office trying to get this all ironed out throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, no, I agree. I, it's just, it's ill-timed. I think, you know, if they, if they conducted it over the course of a season, then, and then did this, you know, made these rulings in the off season, I think it would have fared better, but, uh, all right, let's move on. Let's move on to more J specific things. Um, George Springer. He's inching his way back to our television sets, and for you, Craig, your neighborhood, um, yeah, as he, be- he began <laughs> his uh, rehab assignment with the Bisons actually playing in Rochester um, against the Rochester Red Wings on Tuesday. Uh, his first game back, he played center field. He went 0 for 4 at the plate Wednesday. He went 1 for 4 at DH with one walk and a strikeout. And today, uh, getaway game for the Bisons, he returned to center field and had one hit, which was a double. RBI and one strikeout. So, Brendan, you clamored for this man to be a J since it was rumored that this team was interested in <laughs> signing him. Given the injuries and given the aforementioned concerns with the high-performance department of the team, how confident are you that once he's a J, he's going to stay a J for the rest of the season, meaning no injuries? 100%. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> He'll be back. He'll play the rest of the season. Mark my words. And I want that to happen. And uh, maybe it's a little more of my optimism talking than anything. But no, I, I think it'd be fine. Like, they did it properly this time. They shut him down. They went through a rehab assignment. And it's not like when they brought him back, back in the middle of May or the end of April, whenever it was, that was a very half assed effort at a return because it's like, oh, you can DH until you get better. And lo and behold, he re-aggravates his injury by running out of grounder and going to first, and everybody goes like, oh, shit, like, of course, that, that would happen. So, no, they did it properly this time, um, and he's playing center field. He's running the bases. It looks like he's at full speed, and he wasn't in, he's not an injury-prone guy. Like, he never really missed a whole lot of time in the past with the Astros. Hopefully this isn't, like, a result of him being a little bit older now, but still. No, I, I think he's back. He'll be ready to play. 
Um, and it might be in time for their next road trip. We'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, I, I'm, I think he'll be back and play the rest of the season. At least I hope. <laughs> Most encouraging thing for me is the fact that he lagged out a double day. Yeah. And, he's been, and he's played two games in center field in three days. So would I like to see in his rehab assignment him play back-to-back days in center? Yes. But hmm. then again, right now with our uh, ensemble of good outfielders, I'm not as worried about that as I should be probably. <laughs> and I'm not yeah. going to say if he's staying or not because I'm not touching this injury shit and putting bad <laughs> juju on it. <laughs> and so, um, But I... If we can't get any more pitching help, as much as I've already said it twice, it will help having him in the lineup. It's not going to help as much as I think to get us over the bullpen hurdle, but the fact that it's going to put more pressure on opposing teams pitching to the point where they're going to have to worry about it. And maybe, guess what, they screw up a few more pitches and we watch some even the bottom guys get some extra guys. The other thing on this whole thing is you get Springer back in the lineup, as much as I want to say I am upset about it. I'm not that Roddy Telez isn't going to be getting DH at bats anymore. Um, I would. It's going to push everybody back into a normal role where they should have been. In a way, this team on offense was actually designed to play with this team. So it's. I think that's the biggest thing here. I still don't know where the Kevin Biggio Santiago Espinal emergence goes now because he's been on fire the last week, guys. <laughs> but. I, I think that this lineup is going to be that much better with him in it regardless, and I think he is going to be there for the, the the majority of it. I just don't know how much of it is going to be him playing center field versus DH to Brendan's 100% count there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would assume that he's going to split some time at DH and center field. Um, Especially you know, you initially, touched, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. You touched on uh, Rowdy. Uh, this, the sell high window that we were talking about in the offseason oh. is officially passed, yes. um, which is unfortunate. Um, and he is sort of just a, a body at this point in that lineup. Um, look, so we, we this wasn't on the agenda, but I, I obviously want to bring it up. Um, there's a good possibility that the Jays are going to be back in Toronto come August. Um, Brendan, you crazy. would know more about that than I do. All they, of a sudden to get they that approved news, it. it. Yeah. <laughs> Brendan, did they approve it? Oh, or? Uh, no, no, there hasn't been an official approval, but um, there is a return to play framework for the Ontario teams. So CFL, um, all of MLSE's teams and the Blue Jays. But uh, yeah, I think they're still waiting to see how second doses are going. And they're picking up like crazy. So it's turning in a very good direction. Yeah. So we're, we're assuming August. Um, I, I have concerns... You know, look, I, I'm not trying to doubt the talent of someone like, say, Vladdy or even a George Springer. Um, but I have my concerns when it comes to this team and their ability to readjust to a bigger ball club. Um, that might help them against their opponents, maybe. But um, when it comes to someone like Lourdes Gurriel, who's struggling at the plate already, Great Chuck, who's been kind of, you know, we said on a decline. Uh, and even Cavan, who's now going to be playing outside of a minor league ball club, um, the addition of George Springer will definitely help. But is that enough to maybe mitigate those potential circumstances of playing in a major league ballpark when you haven't for the past, I don't know, two years, really, outside of road games? Um, do you think that's enough to mitigate that possibility? Either of you can answer. It doesn't matter. Not all at once. As I say, I don't know even how to answer that one. You, you, why do you have to ask such hard questions the weeks you host? Oh, Jeez. I, I, I'm brain dead by the time we have our talk. I sh- I'm like half drunk before the show starts. <laughs> I, just, I just have my concerns because if you're going to trade players, it's best that you probably do it before they go back to Canada. <laughs> so that they're not like showing obvious flaws and readjusting to a home ballpark. I think that's going to be a... Um... They've gotten so unfortunately used to being the homeless Blue Jays to the Rowdy Telez shirt. <laughs> that yeah. got so much unfair. Um, that I'm not as worried about that as I think it, it is. I really don't think it would be the biggest problem. It's fine. I Honestly, it might be the biggest fresh air that they've gotten in the recent thing. We saw how good way they played right when they got back to Buffalo. Unfortunately, some other things have turn them around on that whole thing because the offense has been doing just as good as when they got back to Buffalo. But the fact that they finally get back to where they're supposed to be playing baseball games, 
George Springer can actually finally go over the border as a Blue Jay for the first time yeah. and, you know, start looking at apartments downtown or whatever they all got to do. But it, I think it's going to happen if they can make it happen. I, 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 I'm honestly shocked we're even having this conversation with the way we were hearing how Ontario's numbers and everything and the border talk and the lack thereof of it for so long. That we're even in the ballpark here that August might be a reality, you know, so. Yeah. And honestly, guys, what if what was the worst thing if we were in a playoff push on that whole idea that yeah. they finally get to play in front of their home fans? I'm sorry to say this has not been a home series for the Toronto Blue Jays in Buffalo. This no. has been a Yankees series, yeah. And um, I, which is, makes me even more angry, is I would have been like the sound of seven people with how obnoxious <laughs> I would have been when I was there. <laughs> I couldn't get tickets, so I just I think it will be. That might be the final thing. If we can hold on and batten down the hatches and do what we need to do over the next two, three weeks against the Orioles and whatnot, that kind of thing could be that last tipping point with a couple players that may make that thing be a miracle of what you were talking about earlier and get us into that nine-win ballpark. That is like the storybook ending to all this bullshit. But the problem is, I said a key word in that sentence, storybook ending. (laughs) For right now, they have to hurry up and fill in those other pages to the beginning and ending. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, they they better do if they want to have a chance at doing that. But yeah, I'm with you on that one, Craig. It could be a nice shot in the arm to get back, of course. But yeah, just the way things are going in Ontario, they're talking about starting step two of reopening fully uh, earlier than normal, just because of how good numbers are. Um, Second doses are ramping up like crazy. Um, And shortly after that, we'll follow phase three and phase three is larger scale events where that are indoors and opening like casinos and all that different kind of stuff. So I would not be surprised if by then that would be around mid July, which lines up nicely with the last two series they've committed to playing at Salem Field. So, yeah, I think August, maybe around the August long weekend here in Canada, I wouldn't be surprised if the Blue Jays are back here, which would be awesome. Yeah. To the other point, too, regardless of that, and apparently New York State is COVID-free, which I find horseshit. <laughs> yeah. um, they, they, they are going to start having 100% capacity in the near future um, at those Buffalo Blue Jay games. And to that point, regardless of the fact that those that would be 15,000, 14,000-ish people, what if they get to the point where they can play in front of home fans – even if it's a few people in the dome, I really feel like that's still better than what they've been getting here in Buffalo with the uh, possible fan intrusion <laughs> on a home game. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's to the level of invasion, like when the Blue Jays were horrible at the beginning of the millennium there and watching literally nothing but Yankee fans migrate up from New York. So they don't have to go to New York City to actually see a ball game. Yeah. It's it, Those weren't home games for the Blue Jays back then. It's that same situation for anybody that has been to those games like I've been in those years, that it's not a home game for the Blue Jays in those situations. And down a pennant race when we're going to be probably more or less, you know, fighting tooth and nail with the New York Yankees, those need to be fucking home games. <laughs> yeah. I agree, especially right now. We don't need to be having people cheering over a triple play in a whole ball. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> terrible. Um, all right, well, let's move on. Um, Sperm reported that Vladdy leads all MLB players in all-star game votes, which is awesome, but also unsurprising. There he is, uh, given that the entire country is pretty much backing him up, plus Western New York now. Um, Someone hinted at that by Vladdy that he may participate in the Home Run Derby, which historically hasn't been favorable for the remainder of the season to those that are partaken in it. Uh, so let's start there. Craig, He's going to make the all-star team. This is He's going to be the starting first baseman. We talked about how there's no other first baseman in the American League that really stands out besides Vladdy. Um, when it comes to the home run derby, Craig, would that be a concern for you if he were to participate in the derby? And as a side, what other Blue Jays do you think deserve to play in the all-star game? Home run derby question first. Truthful sure. answer. Get wait till these three weeks are done <laughs> so I can see what's going on if we're going to be in it or not because I'm not going to lie I, if we're in it to the ballpark where we're even where we still have a good gate open to possibly get into the wild card situation Vladdy can't play in that I need him right for the rest of the season he's basically Mike Trout right now 
Mm-hmm. I'm sorry to say, yeah, did what did Mike Trout do? One home run derby in his whole career, his first year in baseball, I think was the yeah. only one he did. Okay, great. Flat he didn't. He stole the show. I don't need him to go out and play in that home run derby to prove anything to me anymore. I'm sorry to say, right now, he is the best baseball player in all the nation right now, right? Other than maybe, arguably, Fernando Tatis Jr. I love the graphic that they showed during the game last night, showing the Yankees home run hitters and the exit velocity, and they were showing Aaron Judge's exit velocity and John Carlos Stanton's exit velocities are better than Vlad Jr.'s. I'm like, okay, well, let me put that into another perspective for you. They're batting 250, (laughs) and Vlad's batting 330. So your sample sizes are completely screwed up. Of course, their numbers look better because they don't get as many damn hits. (laughs) So, but right now, Vlad Jr. is the best baseball player and he should be getting all those votes. And I'm glad that the quote unquote Vladimir Canada there in Buffalo (laughs) into Toronto and everything is uh, backing him up on that whole situation. I'm sure I'm going to give him some points up to the people in Montreal, probably rooting out for Vlad Jr.'s uh, and Vlad Sr. connection there. But if this is not a Blue Jay right side infield for the All-Star game, it's an insult. Marcus yeah. Semien yeah. is the best second baseman in baseball right now on the American League easy. And then I'll even make you the argument that the resurgence that we've seen from Boba Shett over the last week or two here and the fact that he was cons- not as good consistent, but still that same lot line, right? He was batting 280 the whole damn time. He's in that same conversation as Xander Bogarts right now. So unless the Red Sox yeah. fans outvote him, I, right now, there, there's a, a solid chance the Blue Jays could have the middle of the infield and Vlad at first base. And then, in all reality, Hyunjin Ryu has been good enough and Robbie Ray probably to make it in the you know, the pitching. So, yep. not really ready to put anybody else in there. As much as maybe even Randall Gritchick needs to be in that conversation a little bit as a bench guy, but I with all those other Blue Jays making it, there's no way in shit. <laughs> Yeah, I'm with you on the all-star selections. I again, it'll be Vlad, Simeon, and Ryu. Those are probably going to be the three that go. Bo and Ray will be in consideration and maybe added as injury replacements. Mm-hmm. I think Ray has a better chance of that than than Bo, but I don't think either of them would be too far off. In terms of concerns about Vlad being in the home run derby, I don't think I have any. Um, and I was thinking about that beforehand. I think we're all still scared, maybe rightfully so, about Alex Rios and what happened to him yeah. after the home run derby. But, and then uh, that's that we then. also think that Alex Rios was really good and he wasn't really that's sort true. of left the Blue Jays. There's that too. <laughs> um, but remember, he was battling a staph infection the second half of the season after that too. So there was an injury with that. Yeah. And we've seen Bautista have no ill effects of being in the home run derby and same with Josh Donaldson. And I just looked it up just to see – after 2019, when Vlad was in, he actually had a better second half of the season than he did first half. He did. And he actually credited the uh, the home run derby to part of that success. So I have zero issues if he takes part of it. I think he should. It's great for the sport. It's great for his image as a player. Um, and the amount that people are talking about him on social media and hyping up, especially over the weekend when he hit those four homers at Fenway Park, like, everywhere was posting about Vlad Jr. So, yeah, I'm all in for it, and he will be the starting first baseman for sure. There's no way around it. And honestly, it'd be really cool to get an all-star Vlad, uh, maybe a jersey. I wouldn't go all in on a jersey, but a nice Vlad all-star jersey and yeah. never wear it, just hang it up somewhere. That'd yeah. be cool. Put it up on the wall with the rest of the next year of uh, Vlad Jr. bobblehead, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I think that he should participate in the home run derby, and being it in, in Colorado – uh, he's just gonna mash. Oh, that that's ball's gonna travel. Yeah, it's gonna <laughs> just travel to give far this up him. on this. Did you guys see that I retweeted that he broke a car during batting practice this week? Yes, I did. Yeah, <laughs> traveling yeah. on the freeway, the highway yeah. that oh. runs behind the the uh, park in left field. Apparently, he tattooed a passenger side window. It is in our Twitter feed. The actual like somebody's freaking TikTok video walking around the car. <laughs> so that's nice. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, Glad keep he it going, cat. I think that obviously he is the starting first baseman for the All Star game. We already, you know, covered that. I think we all agree. I think everybody agrees on that. Uh, Simeon, you can make a pretty decent case for it. More than decent, actually. Um, wouldn't surprise me one bit. Uh, you mentioned Ryu. Wouldn't surprise me if Ray got the nod. I mean, yeah. those strikeouts are pretty good. Yeah, um, a lot higher than what Ryu is producing. Yeah. yeah, he he's he's getting a lot of strikeouts and. You know, when it comes to all-star voting, Ryu has the name clout, but Ray has been, I think he's a little bit worthy of it. And what is he going to do, pitch an inning in it anyway? Whatever, who cares? Was he an all-star um, in 2017 when he went off there for that one season? 
Did anybody I know? Think he I was. don't know. I feel like he was, but I think he was. I'm gonna look that up actually, uh, just to see if I can pull it up. But continue. Sorry, Craig. I'm pretty sure it was 2017 that he was like the yep. uh, third or fourth guy in Cy Young ranking or something yep. like that. He was insane. It yes. was a great season. Yeah, I just checked that he was an All Star in 2017. So there you go. You know, and someone that might be deserving of it, depending on you know how well he can keep this up, which I have no doubt that he can. Um, all right. Well, that being said, it is time for picks to clicks and our predictions. So, Craig, you got the data. Who is bold enough to pick a reliever for picks to clicks? <laughs> <laughs> now, funny thing is, if anybody does above, where's the bar set? Because if they save the bullpen, I would think that would be where you get the pick, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 So to that point, last week, Brendan Panikar picked Vladdy because apparently he just wanted to make sure our other picks were irrelevant. Yeah. Um, Adam, you picked Marcus Semien, and I'm already off the board with Lourdes. <laughs> so, okay. so I'll give it to Vladdy. I'm yeah. pretty sure it's a Vladdy week. Just saying. It is, yeah. Excellent. So, I am back on the board. <laughs> To the White Sox series, you can put it on the board. Yes. Yep. <laughs> so, Brendan's got three now. So, we got three for Brendan, two for Mr. Corsair. I have five still, and we have one guest spot. Yes. I have two? Yes, sir. You yeah. have those. Oh, I, I thought I only had one. I've oh, even been circling it. <laughs> so, hey, just take, take it over, man. Don't say anything. Yeah. Craig no, made, a gr- made a mathematical error. The engineers don't yeah. know what they're doing. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So, in the midst of that, no, you picked uh, Loris Gurriel Jr. Uh, the week before last, and then two weeks before that, you had Randall. Yeah. And that was one of the weeks he went off with a uh, – was that the week he had the game-winning home run or something like that? I can't I remember. I think so, yeah. So, Seems <laughs> accurate. But either way. And since then, it's just. Yeah, gone downhill. So pick them yeah. again. Meanwhile, yeah. Brendan, just to make the fun joke here with numbers and stuff, you win every fourth week, apparently. Yes. You okay. won the first week, no, then you waited four them. weeks, then you won again <laughs> another four weeks. <laughs> Where I compounded all mine right up front, and then I just sucked. I'm blowing <laughs> it just like the Blue Jays bullpen right now. <laughs> yeah. So, so two Brian, if you're in the lead, yeah. I'm going to steal from Chris Key and take Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray. Oh. And if we're doing predictions, uh, just looking at uh, me at Baltimore and two at Miami, four and yep. one. They need to get on a little bit of a hot streak. And I don't care about the state of the bullpen. Um, they, they, they need to get on a roll. So four and one. I don't know. I think it'll be – I'll take the sweep against Baltimore just to be bold. And they split Miami in a disappointing fashion in one of the games. The bullpen creeps up again in one of those. But still off to a start four and one. They scout Miami's pitching. I feel you. That's <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. where the focus is. They're scouting Miami's pitching for a potential ah, trade. There it is. Yeah, and hoping, got, they can, hoping they can fleece Derek Jeter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just for one more time, you know, maybe we should send Ken Huckabee his direction and see what happens. <laughs> oh no, as A Rod hey. took out right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What you got? Um, I'm gonna do four and one as well. I really don't see how we. The, the Orioles have been a visible mess over the last two weeks. I think they only have a two or three wins over the last two weeks. It's been pretty rough for him. Cedric Mullins being the one lone standout, it seems like, lately. And Trey Mancini, loving to see him come back and have a great season after his uh, unfortunate medical issues the last year. But I think 4-1 and one is where I'm at. And my pick, I'm going to I'm gonna call Semyon. I really think that he's just continuing to run. And I think he's going to want to make solidify that all-star ballot this week against those t- uh, lesser pitching staffs. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. Just take flight. No, you want to. <laughs> no, I know. It's so easy, right? And hey, that's why I picked him. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, Brendan wanted yeah, to make sure he stick with us for a week. <laughs> yeah, I'll go Vlad because I only I only have two wins, and Craig has what? You have five. I have five. Yeah, Craig. Yeah, we got. I got My last win was up. Semyon, so I'm taking him again. That was the week that he was announced the yeah. uh, player of the month. All right, I'll go Vlad. Uh. I'm going to go bold. I'm going to go straight five wins. Um, If they have a bullpen breakdown against Baltimore, there's going to be some serious overreaction on Twitter. Serious overreaction? I'm already overreacting. Season's over. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I think maybe what I said didn't make sense because I'm about to say (laughs) if there is a bullpen blow up and they blow a lead and the Orioles win one of those games – I, the, you might have to question what's up with this team, and it, it might be a legitimate concern. 
at that point. To because that you point. can maybe chalk be like, oh, it's the Red Sox. Oh, it's the Yankees. <laughs> you know, but you can't have that against Baltimore. You just can't. So, you know, knock on desk, that doesn't happen. Fuck it, 5-0. and Yeah, to that <laughs> point, though, we damn well better not be playing any one-damn-run games against the Baltimore Orioles. That's just saying. No. <laughs> but the fact that um, right now would be the perfect time to go diving into the Meyer League system because guess what? Those guys that are in Meyer League system probably played the Baltimore Orioles guys a week ago. <laughs> just yeah. find who hits those guys in the Meyer Leagues better and drive them all out. Yeah. <laughs> Blue That's Jays it. score at least 20 runs in this upcoming series, Oof. and one of the games will have 10 runs in it. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, uh, that said, um, you guys know the deal. Uh, if you want to talk to us, get in touch with us, and give us your predictions, your picks to click, we would love to hear it. Um, you can find us at BirdwatchingGC on Twitter. Um, if you like what you've heard, please subscribe to the show. We're on all your favorite podcatchers, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all of them. Uh, we love interacting with fans. We understand that there's a game going on, so the attention may be elsewhere. We get it. That's why we do this as a podcast as well, so you can listen later on. Um, as of right now, the Jays are losing 3-zip against the Yankees. So uh, as of this moment <laughs> in the bottom of the third, a sweep is on the table in favor of the Yankees. So... Not where you want to be, but at least it's not a bullpen blow up. Um, that being said, uh, we thank you for listening. Let's close this out like we always do. Oh, wait, next week, going Wednesday or Thursday, Craig? Thursday, fuck it. <laughs> okay, we'll remain on Thursday, and that will be the final game of the Miami series, well, the two-day series. So uh, that being said, guys, let's close like we always do. Two claps. Ooh, let's get this shitty run with it. Yes. <laughs> know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com podcast. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.